You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. I want to talk to you today about heavenly places. In Ephesians 2, 4, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy... For his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Amen. Father, I just ask that as this word goes forth, that it will change hearts, Father. And if there's anyone here that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that these words will speak to them and that they will come to know you by the end of this service. And I give you praise for that, Father, in Jesus' name. I want to talk to you today about heavenly places. If you'll notice... He didn't say a heavenly place. He said places. So there's more than one. And uh, it's funny because I don't know about y'all, but I know a lot of people struggle with high places. And, but that's where he wants to take us. Because when we go up high, we see things from his perspective. Uh, My daughter and son-in-law got married in 1991, and they went to New York City for their honeymoon. I went to Denton, Texas and watched Superman. I don't know. What's wrong with this picture? (laughs) That's terrible. Anyway. (laughs) And so um, my daughter kind of struggles with heights. I didn't even realize this until the other day I was driving the car and we came up on what we called the little high five in McKinney. And I'm going across getting on 121, and she's going, oh, oh, Mom, slow down, slow down. I'm going, what is wrong with you? She goes, oh, I don't like high places. So, And I know a lot of people that don't like high places. I had a, a, a young man that works for Greg one time when I was putting stuff up. I, I asked him if he would climb up on the ladder. Well, it's a massive ladder. And his little legs were shaking so bad, I finally said, just come down. Come down. I don't want, to, I don't want any lawsuits here. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, but, you know, we do struggle with high places sometimes. Uh, I used to hang wallpaper for a living. And this friend of mine hired me to come over and do her kitchen. Well, her cabinets, uh, they went all the way to 12 feet high. And I had to get above those to hang the wallpaper. So I was kind of like this boy. When I got down, my knees were shaking. But we need to go up to high places because that's where, you know, he's in us. He's here. But when we see things from his perspective, my, what a difference. It's, it's a glorious difference up there. Well, they went, like I said, they went to New York City on their honeymoon. And uh, 
she said it was so distracting. She said there's so many things going on and horns honking and billboards flashing everywhere, every, all kinds of things vying for their attention. And she said, but Mama, when we went in the Empire State Building, she said, which I was very nervous about because that's way up there, but as you step out, there's a cage around you. So you really can relax and just look around. And she said, and we saw the Twin Towers because they were still there back then. And they saw uh, town, uh, I'm sorry, New York Harbor. They saw the Statue of Liberty, which I've been up in the top of that before. I don't think they let you go up there anymore after 911, but we got to go up there. And it was so neat to get up there and just look around. I mean, that city is beautiful. I mean, next to Dallas, but, you know, it's a nice city, <laughs> I hear. I didn't really get to go downtown, but, you know, you can't always see your freedom when you're distracted by all the things that are going on in your life, and freedom is my number one point. And I, you know, um, we are free in him. He has made a point. And he wants us to see our freedom. We get so distracted with all of our circumstances. You know, we got to pay bills. We got to feed the kids. We got to go to work. We do, all, we do all these things. But if we keep our eyes on him, it helps us to remember we are free. Amen? You know, and whatever bad habits you might have, whatever addictions, anger, whatever, Whatever you've been struggling with, just know that you're free of that. Amen? You are free. Because in John 8, 36, it said, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I want you to notice he didn't say set free. He said make you free. Because if you're set free, you can be caught again. But if you're made free, there's no going back. Amen. In Psalm 91, he says, Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. And we all know sometimes we get snared. But he's provided our freedom. And he wants us to walk in that. And the second thing we have with him in these high places is peace. There's nothing in this world that can take that peace away from us unless we let him do it. He said he promised us a peace that passes all understanding, no matter what. And it says, Luke 2:14, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Long ago, a man sought for artists to paint a painting that would be the most peaceful thing that you could ever imagine. And in this painting, he didn't get specific. He said, I just want it to be something that looks peaceful. And so he had artists from all over the world send in pictures. And the day of, um, you know, the challenge for that for artists, I mean, I can't imagine, I'm not an artist. But I've seen a lot of pictures that are, you know, they look peaceful. And uh, 
Finally, the great day of revelation arrived, and the judges uncovered each painting. And the, the audience would, chat, would clap and cheer. They'd just think, this is it. This is it. This has to be the one. But then he would unveil another one, and they'd all cheer again. They'd say, this has to be the one. This has to be the one. Oh, my gosh, this is perfect peace. It came down to the last two. And he unveiled it, and there was a, it was a beautiful meadow with sheep laying in it, and the green trees, and a water beside it. It was just gorgeous. And it was so peaceful, and they're thinking, this has to be it. But then he unveiled the last one. I know, that doesn't look peaceful, does it? It looks like a storm. It looks like trouble. But I don't know if you can see it, but right in the cleft of the rock before the first or the second waterfall, there is a bird that has made a nest in the cleft of the rock. And she's watching over her babies. You think, how could she be peaceful in the midst of all that? All that rushing water, and I mean, we know what rushing water is, especially lately with all the floods we've had. And they don't seem to be peaceful. But she's at peace in the middle of that, in the middle of that storm. It's amazing to me. You know, the peace of God does not mean you don't have storms, because we do. We do have storms. But the difference is in us, the peace of God does not mean the storms have stopped raging around you. The peace of God means the storms have stopped raging in you. Amen? It's so true. You know, I have faced a lot of things in my life, uh, a lot of losses of loved ones and things like that. And my family around me, because a lot of them are not saved, they had no peace. But because I knew that person was saved, and it didn't matter what the situation was, but because I knew that person was saved, I had a peace to know I'm going to see them again. Amen? He does give a peace. It, it, you know, it just doesn't make any sense in our rationale. How can you be at peace when your 29-year-old niece has drowned. How can you be at peace in that? But God gives us things. And, I, you know, I don't want y'all to think I'm weird or anything, but the day that happened and I got a call, we, John and I were in Granbury, Texas, and my mother called me, and, of course, she was just beside herself. And so much so that I couldn't understand what she was saying. And I kept saying, Mama, you have to stop screaming. I can't understand a word you're saying. And all she would get out was Tasha, the river. That's all I could understand. And so I told John, I said, we have to go. He was there uh, playing in a band for a, a motorcycle th uh, convention they were having in Granbury. And so we got in the car, and as we're leaving, I see my niece's face in the windshield with this huge smile. 
I told John, I said, she's gone, but she's okay. And God confirmed it over and over to uh, me and my sister, even at the funeral. And it was just amazing how, because I know I'm going to see her again. And, and there's no peace like that. There is no peace. Nothing in this world can take it away. Once God gives you that peace, it's there for you forever. Amen? So come up to the high place of peace with God. And then we have joy. Don't you love joy? I mean, I love joy coker too, but I mean, I love having joy in my life. We just got to see them while we were up there for my niece's wedding. And uh, Joy, I've never seen her do anything but smile. She really lives up to her name, doesn't she? She's a beautiful woman of God. But when we have joy in our lives, it, it's just an amazing thing. I mean, you can't help but smile. And um, 13 years ago, I wasn't smiling because I was very sick. And uh, John had taken me to doctor after doctor after doctor. And let me tell you this from experience, get a second opinion and a third and a fourth. Whatever you have to get, get it. Because somebody, God will lead you to the right person. Amen. I've had several people recently that have been misdiagnosed. And I, I've told them, go somewhere else. It's okay, they're not God. I know they think they are sometimes, but my generation and the generation before, we were raised up to believe they were God. And they, so they think they are sometimes, but they're not. But anyway, so I had so many horrible symptoms. Uh, and that's why they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I had no short-term memory. And... I couldn't walk by myself because I felt like I was falling. My emotions had basically stopped. I hardly talked, and I slept all the time. So John kept taking me to different doctors, and they would misdiagnose me again. So the fourth doctor we had gone to was the neurologist, and he had... He was looking at the CAT scan, but he still didn't see it. He did not see what was wrong with me, even looking at that. And he was telling me, he said, well, I don't know why, but you have fluid in your brain. He said, so what we're going to do is put shunts in, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And, I mean, my spirit inside of me was screaming, no, this is wrong. I don't know how I knew it was wrong, but I knew it was wrong. Listen to your body and listen to your heart because God is telling you, if that doctor says one thing, if you don't feel at peace about it, then don't do it. <clears throat> and I was not at peace. Well, then in walks the neurosurgeon. And he looks at the same CAT scan. And he said, here's the problem. She has a cyst the size of a grapefruit in the middle of her brain. And the neurologist goes, where? I don't see it. And you talk about joy <laughs> when that moment happened. <laughs> because then John looked at Dr. Geary and he said, what's her prognosis? And he said, oh, 
full recovery. I mean, I can't tell you the joy. Oh, man. And I knew he was right. I knew he was right. We had found the right doctor. And he had been on the Discovery Health Channel 10 days before he did my surgery. I mean, this guy was one of the best, one of three of the best neurosurgeons in the world. And look at God, led me right to him. God is so good. Amen. Amen. First Peter 1.8 says, Whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though we see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And believe me, that's what we were doing that day. <laughs> we were shouting praises because we knew God had given us an answer. And he also said, um, in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If the devil can't steal your goods, he can't keep your joy. And that's where our strength is, in joy. I know you go through a lot of things in this life. I've gone through a lot of things. I'm a miracle as far as I'm concerned because I was almost dead by the time they finally figured out what was wrong with me. But God... But God, he makes a way where there doesn't seem to be one. And I'll tell you, there did not seem to be a way for me. But God made a way for me to find this man, this doctor. And I'm so grateful. So come up to the high place of joy. Amen. And another high place is love. Love. There's nothing like knowing you're loved. You know, and, and the Lord made us know today we are loved. You can't hear it enough, I don't think. You know, it doesn't matter. If you just one person saying, I love you today, can change your whole outlook on life. You know, I know that hurt people hurt people because they don't know they're loved. But when you know you're loved, it forever changes your life. I remember when I really realized, I remember the revelation that came to me that God didn't just send Jesus for the whole world. He sent him for me. And that, was, that forever changed my life. He sent him for me. He sent him for you and you. And you, and you, and you, and you. All of us as individuals, he knew you were before you were even born. And he had a great plan for your life. So please know today, if you don't remember anything else today, know that you are loved. Because it changes your life. In the 1950s, a mission expedition to the Ocas Indians in Ecuador they were considered to be the worst people in the world. And these missionaries that went there, they killed them. Nate Saint was one of them. And he and Jim Elliott and Pete Fleming, they were killed. Now, these, these Indians were the most vicious considered in all the world. Now, you got to know that's pretty, 
That's pretty serious when they say you're the worst. But they didn't know they were loved. And so Nate's sister, Elizabeth, she stayed. And she wound up winning the very man that killed her brother to the Lord. And there he is. Is that amazing? Well, then Nate's brother, Phil, went to the very spot in the water where he killed his brother and baptized this man. That is love. <laughs> that is the true love of Christ. And... Uh, like I said, she started a church there. Her younger brother, Phil Saint, came down later and baptized this man. And later that man became the pastor of that church that they started. There is no explaining love like that. There is no explaining because our rationale can't wrap our minds around it. But these people of God loved this tribe, and wanted to see them come to Jesus. And they poured out their love. It says, God so loved the world that he gave. Indeed, he forgave. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love conquers everything. Your mind says it's impossible, but love says it can still happen. So don't give up on those lost loved ones of yours. As long as they're breathing, there's always a chance. Amen. Logic says it's dangerous, but love said there's no fear in love because the word says perfect love casts out all fear. All fear. It can still happen. And I know this is a short message, but I'm short, so I can be short. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Just remember, I want you to think about this. The devil took Jesus up to the high place in the city because he thought he, was, he thought Jesus had come to take over the high places on this earth. But Jesus came to take over the high places in heaven so he could bring us up there in our hearts and minds and let us see things from his perspective. Because when you see that from his perspective, it changes you. Most of us have exchanged our high place for things that don't matter. We get... Like I said, we just get engulfed with the things of this world and we forget to step up to that high place with him and spend time with him. That's what he wants. He wants your fellowship. He doesn't want you to be a puppet. He wants fellowship with you because he loves you. He loved you so much that he gave you his only begotten son. So I encourage you today to come up to high places with God in freedom, in peace with God, in joy, and with love. And if you don't know him today, you can before you leave here. 
because Jesus died for you, whoever you are. If you don't know him, would you please raise your hand today? I would love to lead you to the Lord. If you're ready for that, if you're not, it's okay. You know what? God's going to keep pursuing you. You might as well give up because <laughs> he loves you. He loves you. He gave his only son for you. And it's, it's funny, you know, in the, when you're in the world, you just think, I don't, I don't want to give up my stuff. I don't want to give up my friends. I don't want to give up this. But, oh, my, when you do, when John and I gave our lives to the Lord, he was one of the most popular people in all of Love County because he had this rock and roll band. Thank you, Jesus, that's over with. But anyway, <laughs> because that guitar was his God. It came above me and the kids. And when I saw him lay that guitar down, I knew he had changed. That wasn't his God anymore. And whatever you think that you have in your life, it doesn't even compare to knowing Jesus. And then all our friends left us. And get ready for that. That's okay. Because they needed to leave. Amen. Our best friend became our 67-year-old pastor. And, you know, we sat around their table every Monday night. We'd go to church. We were in church nearly every day, every night, something. We'd find one to go to and drag our little kids to church with us. Our kids said they had drug problems. They were drugged from church to church to church. Bless their hearts. <laughs> But you know what? They're all in full-time ministry today because they wanted to be, because they loved the Lord, because we taught them about grace and the love of Christ. So if you would like to know him today, I know he would like to get to know you. And like I said, if you're not ready, it's okay. He still loves you. So please know that. And I just want to thank you all for allowing me to bring the word this morning it's uh i'm not a hollerer even if i am a holler <laughs> my boys my daughter they all preach like john but i was raised church christ you can't yell <laughs> anyway i'm just so glad I, feel, I consider it a great honor to share the word with you and to encourage you in the things of god so I just want to say thank you for letting me bring the word. And if you have any need, I'll be glad to be here to pray for you. I know my God does miracles today still. I still see him doing miracles today because you know why? I believe it. Amen. That's all he wants. He just wants you to believe it.